Welcome to the Voice of Conservative Values with Daniel Bobinski of True Idaho News and Uncover DC. Brought to you by conservativesof.com. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to the Voice of Conservative Values. I'm Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News, contributor to uncoverdc.com. And I'll be your host for the next half an hour as we examine some of the issues facing America today in light of a Judeo-Christian conservative perspective. And as you often hear me say on this show that our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people, it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's not Daniel Bobinski saying that. That is a quote from John Adams, which he wrote when he was the sitting president in 1798. And in that same letter that he wrote to the Massachusetts militia, he talked about how avarice could be the downfall of America, the insatiable desire for wealth that uh, would destroy the country like a whale goes through a net. And, you know, you take a look around today and you can see avarice all over the place. Uh, First Timothy 610 is pretty clear. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And I I really uh, dislike the fact that people misquote that. They say that money is the root of all evil. It's not. It really isn't. Money is simply a medium. It's a tool. But it's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. And with that, you have to look at who's chasing after the money and who's trying to grab the money. Well, interesting little factoid I came across the other day. I was looking at the largest employers, and I came across this, you know, who's the largest employer in the United States? And we'd say, was it Home Depot? Well, they employ 371,000 people. How about IBM? Yes, they still exist. They still employ 377,000 people. Kroger, 400,000. McDonald's, 420. Walmart surpasses them all at 1.5 million employees. But guess what? It's not private employers that are going after uh, the big big money thing. It's the federal government. They employ 2.7 million people. And when you look around at the signs of what the federal government has become, uh, so many agencies and bureaus investigating all the small businesses and medium businesses and taxing and finding ways to license and control, that's what we've become as a nation. And it's really kind of dangerous, if you ask me, because that's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from a socialist Marxist state. Now, I'm not speaking in hyperbole. The signs are all around us. Uh, We've had Vicki Wool on the show, Dr. Vicki Wool, who got her doctorate in uh, Venezuela, and she saw the signs uh, of all the the communist takeover there happening in America today. It's the same thing that was happening there, happening in America today. And so it is a very real danger to us. Well, how do we survive as a people? How do we survive as small businesses? Um, I have to kind of do a little segue here to tell you a little bit of a background. I'm gonna, it's going to sound like I'm totally shifting gears. But I did some time in the Navy back in the 1980s. And, uh, of course, you know, guys come and go on the ship. And, uh, and every, as Facebook emerged, you end up connecting, reconnecting with some of the guys you served with. Well, um, there's this gentleman... Uh, that I, you know, connected with, and I see him on Facebook, and we see we kind of share each other's posts once in a while. Well, it turns out my wife also has a friend from her early childhood, from junior high school, as a matter of fact, and she was talking about this uh, certain thing that her friend is looking into, and I said, you know, I got a friend on Facebook 
who's talking about the very same thing. Let me reach out to him and see what they're doing. And it turns out it's the same guy that I was in the Navy with <laughs> 35 years ago. And so I, he's, he happens to be in town. And I said, Michael, you need to come to the studio. Uh, we haven't seen each other in 35 years. Uh, Michael Colomb, welcome to the Voice of Conservative Values. Welcome to Boise. Well, that's awesome, Daniel. Thank you so much. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And it uh, humbles me. Thank you. It, it's awesome to see you after all these years. Indeed. And the reason that I wanted you to come on the show is because of what you're talking about and what you're teaching people that my friends, uh, my, my wife's friend happens to be looking into as well. And that's these these private uh, membership associations. Correct. Could you tell us what a PMA is? And um, actually, before you do that, let's let's take a look at the history of government. You have these licensures, right? Businesses starting to. You, you didn't hundred years ago. You didn't have a need a license to not cut at hair. all. You just you went out and opened a business, and you went to work, and then you uh, paid for your life. And uh, depending on where you were, taxes kind of came in you know, slowly but uh, directly and purposefully, right? And at one point in time, you know, the encroachment of government was necessary. It still is today to some extent. And uh, they just kind of gone overboard. They're out of control. Yeah. And we just see more and more every single day. So we need some government. Correct. But we've got 2.7 million employees now in the federal government alone. And a lot of these people are looking after taxes and licensures and all these things like this. Yeah, you bet. It's just to control us, right? We need all those bodies of people to be able to absorb money and take money from us. And they just keep creating new systems and, and avenues to be able to pull money from us to pay for their, their big beast. And it's become a huge beast. Yes, and it they, is. And they can do this because they can. Nobody has put the checks and balances into into place to put them put their restraints back on them. That's so correct. And then they and then with that, um, the beast gets bigger every day. And when we say the state, it's federal, state, local government, and we're seeing it now in local government. Just unbelievable leaps and bounds, just taking the same control and the same direction as the federal government. And with there, nobody works for the public anymore. We're all their slaves, and and they just keep continuing to find ways to make us that. And and that's, that sounds kind of hyperbole, but really, is it is true? We we work so much of our of our days in the year to pay taxes, all the money that they collect, and it's not just the income tax. It's not just the sales tax. There's all these little taxes and licenses slipped in here and there. And it's, oh, it's just it's just a few cents. Oh, it's just a few yeah. cents. And they keep selling us that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's just a couple of pennies at a time. No big deal. Every little tax they can possibly pull out. And all they're really doing is they're taking the money that was already adjusted for that tax, that that service was already taken care of. And then they just lump it into a general fund. And then they find a new way to get more money for that spe specific business or whatever they're going to be doing with it. So um, good example. Um, one of my businesses, a couple of them, they take in equipment that I bought 20 years ago, paid cash for it, paid my taxes for it. I own it. And then my county comes in every single year and they assess that and they want me to pay more taxes on it. So we, we've kind of gone away and we have a system now to enable us to go away from that point of it. So um, it changes your life when you can, when you can do the things without the encroachment of government. And it is an encroachment. It's inch by inch, a little here, a little there, and it's the proverbial boil the frog thing. And it's gotten really bad. Um, you were telling me that uh, there's uh, some states now that are uh, saying that if you if you hold a license, a business license, 
You bet. In any way, shape, or form, that if you don't receive the quote-unquote jab that that the federal government is now mandating through OSHA, it's that mm-hmm. constitutional end around, in my opinion, uh, that they're going to pull your license. That's no doubt they're doing that, and they're that's those bills have been written and worked on, and they're going to be put out in, in a very short period of time across the country in inner blue states and they're going to hit those and they're they're going to be it doesn't matter whether you're an electrician a general contractor a doctor an attorney everybody who doesn't get the jab you know, they're going to lose their license which is part of that federal control even the you state bet. control you and bet. local control that's that's the only way they can do it is locally right so they kind of mandate it down to the state to the local and then that's where they hit you at and it is a is a quest for power, and this is this is kind of what they talked about that the power corrupts, and then when they get the absolute power, when nobody pushes back, then the, the power is corrupted absolutely. The absolute power has corrupted absolutely, no doubt. And they're just now like like you alluded to, we become slaves to the federal government, the state government. Well, you have been um, on the cutting edge of something that I want to talk about. Uh, you discovered this. You told me about a year ago. And you started what's uh, known as a PMA. A, a, go ahead and tell us what a PMA so is. So it's a private member association. So what happens today in business that even though the business is owned by an individual or a person or a corporation, and it's a private business that you own, you still deal with the public. And inside the public domain, you have to adhere to the regulations and rules and laws that our government and our state has put out. So you have to get use permits, you have to get building permits, and you have to do all these different things that they can absorb money from you to take. And then they use that ability of your permit as a carrot out in front of you. And then they basically tell you, this is what you're going to do. This is how often you're going to do it. And you have to obey by our rules or we're going to fine you and or potentially take away your permit or your ability to be able to operate as a business with your livelihood. Same thing we saw when COVID first hit and then we had our two wakes and then they shut down businesses after we went to close. And then most of the businesses across the country, they just shut their doors and it affected so many people and so many people lost their businesses. And it's unbelievable to look at restaurants were hit so hard. It's unbelievable. And Thousands of restaurants across the country went out of business. They had no other thing to do. And that was their livelihood. That was their life that they put into that. Mm-hmm. And that's unacceptable. So inside of a private member association, we're allowed to take and we can operate with a private members only. And when you take a group of private private people, and the best way to explain it would be for us to be at a home, your home, my home, doesn't matter, with a bunch of other friends, and we're hanging out, and we can buy and sell things and associate in the private without any interference from the government or our neighbor. And that's the private association. So the same rule in the Constitution from the 1st, 5th, 9th, 10th, and 14th Amendments allow us to do that same type of structure no matter where we are if we're inside of a membership agreement. And in a PMA, you're in a membership agreement, so you can have the same control of effect of your private life there or downtown New York City. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. And the local government, state government, federal government have no authority inside that business to tell you how you can or can't conduct business. And that's it. It's that simple. And, and it works in it, almost any kind of business you have. There's a few that are pretty tricky because, you know, if you have government contracts, it's hard to get around that. You can't really do that. So most businesses can become a PMA. And we're seeing this rise right now. And it's just, it's booming and it's flourishing. And people are understanding where we're going with this. So that's, that is what helps, happens and helps. So what you're saying is if I have a business that interacts with the, with the government, this probably would not work. But if I don't do business with the government, I could start one of these PMAs. You bet. Across the board, almost every business that you do can do this. No problem at all. It's very simple and it's not very much money to set it up. 
and it gives you complete control. So uh, give me an example of how this might operate in real time. Sure, you bet. So now last year, my wife and we were looking to move out of our state to another state, and we ended up not doing that and staying where we were. And my wife, and the reason for that is that she felt that we needed to open a grocery store. And then part of this is because we encouraged our local businesses in our county to stay open during the shutdown. And we committed with a bunch of our friends to basically commit tens of thousands of dollars as a group to be able to help keep these people through. Because when they stayed open and a lot of the people that didn't agree with that, the maskers, they came and they threatened that they would never come back and that they were terrible and they were trying to kill people. And we helped assure them that we would keep their businesses afloat. And we did that and come through that cycle. Then my wife felt that we needed to open a grocery store to put our feet on the fire as well and to prove to the community that we would put our money where our mouth is and we would show them and help them stay and then give them courage and strength because we knew what a PMA was and how it operates and then our protections in it. There's a lot of things when you start to learn something, you know, you hear it and it goes in your head and then you start thinking about it and then you understand it. And then the final commitment is when you actually own it when you know that it works and that it's right. And if you read enough of the constitution and you see these amendments, you can see that it works. And there's so much case precedence over 200 years. So you, you have a state government where you live, you have county government where you live. Are they pushing back on this? So we got pushed back from the county. You know, they came and gave us a cease and desist because we didn't give them any money and we didn't ask them to come into our business and, you know, override the things that we were going to do. And they came to us and gave us a cease and desist. And my wife told them that we were a private member association and they had no authority and that they needed to leave because they were trespassing. <laughs> and the lady gave her the, and said, well, you need to sign this. My wife said, absolutely not. And then she went to put it on the table. My wife said, don't leave it there. You'll be littering on my property. And she threw it down there anyway and left. And um, we also told them that we were going to sue them each for $3 million personally. And we have not heard one peep out of them since. They are gone. They understand we're a PMA and they understand that their rights are not able to inflict and have any jurisdiction on our business at our, at our property. So it, it's a, that's a stiff spine right there. That's, that's a standing up to a jurisdiction yeah. that's trying to, you know, flex their muscles, but you're saying they never came back because they, in, in reality, they know that you're right. We're not selling our groceries to the public. Right. We sell them to our private members and it's just like our family and friends. And you're allowed to do that in a private association. And they understand that. And they, as soon as you tell them that and you stand up for your rights, they go away and they don't come back. And that is what I think is, I hate to say it, but it's lacking in America today. Uh, I think it we've, is. we've been conditioned in our uh, school system. And, and I will mm -hmm. go so far to say it's a government school system. That's correct. And, uh, you know, I don't want to disparage the teachers, but when you take a look at the National Education Association uh, and what their, I'll, I'll use the word agenda is and what they're trying to achieve. And those, those, you know, I've been an executive coach for 30 plus years, Mike, and I understand how executives think. These guys don't just show up every day and react to problems. No, they not have, at all. They have plans, they yeah. have agendas, they weren't tr they're trying to accomplish things. And, and when you have an, a, an organization like the NEA, and that's, that kind of stuff trickles down into the local school districts. More and more control has been given to the national level. And we have, in essence, created an entire generation uh, that I think is uninformed about how our government is supposed to work. And they just, um, I'll say, blindly obey whatever the authorities say. They do. So many of them just follow the leader and they feel that the government is there to lead them. 
And they just kind of tag right along and they're happy to do whatever you see them tell them to do. Take the COVID shot. You know, that's a perfect example. How many millions of people just ran out there to get that because the government told them to, the medium told them to, and, and they believed the non-truth of what they were, the agenda was telling them. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier in this month, we had uh, Dr. Uh, Ryan Cole on this show. Uh, and those who missed that, by the way, should go back to the archives at uh, kbxl941thevoice.com and uh, listen to that interview with Dr. Cole. And he talks about the truth about those jabs, but that's not a, that's a, that's a topic for a different show. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but uh, you're talking about being able to stand up and say, no, we're a private organization. The government, no, you don't have control here. That's correct. How does one go about setting up such an entity? Well, the easiest way to do would be just to go on my website, which is thepma.club. And just tag it on the contacts, and then I can, you know, I'll return an email. Um, my email is mike at the PMA.club, and you can email me anytime. It, it, you can reach out, contact me through email, it's easily enough. And, um, and I'll get back with you, and we'll teach you how to do it. It's very, very simple. It's, it's cost-effective, not very expensive. Um, it's painless, and it'll give you a lot of protection. So if I was a, uh, let's just put this in, in practical shoe leather terms here. Let, let's say that I'm a, uh, a hairstylist and I have my little shop and I have to have a license to cut hair in this state. And I decide to open up a PMA. How do, what, what changes with all of that? So what happens is uh, any, any license like that, a hairstylist, they have to go to school, they get an education with it, and then they have to get a license from the state that they're in in order to be able to do that function in their state. And so what happens is when we put a hairstylist and we've got hairstylists in, in, our, in our group, um, you basically get to stay in business and you get rid of your license and you get rid of all the authority of the state inside of your business. So they have no authority to come in there anymore because... It, go, it all boils back down to the people that you're cutting hair for now are private members in your club. So they're your family and friends and private members, and you're allowed to do that. And the state has no authority on that, no jurisdiction. So uh, I'm not open to the public then? That's correct. I'm, I'm, I take private uh, clients only. So, mm -hmm. so how does that work then if I'm a hairstylist? Let's continue this analogy. And someone hears about my hairstylist salon and they want to come get their hair cut at my salon. You bet. They're so, still part of the public. How do I how do I bring them into the club? Well, when they come in um, to get their hair cut or whatever you're going to do in your salon, you, know, you have a membership application and you just tell them that you're a private membership. And in order for you to be able to cut their hair or do whatever you're going to do with them, they need to become a member of your club. And basically you give them a membership application, they sign it, and now they are a member of your club. And you can legally and without jurisdiction cut their hair. No problem. How is this different from Costco? So Costco still operates in the public. So even though they're a private membership you know, organization, it's a little different in how they're written up. And they don't push the, any of the constitutional pieces of it. They did a membership because they wanted to be able to get a service fee, and that's basically why they're a membership. So other than that piece of it, everything that they do operates in the public realm or domain. So that, that's the big difference. And the PMA that we do is only private and they're in public. So the difference is that they're collecting a membership fee. Uh, you're saying that uh, with the PMA that you're describing, there doesn't need to be a fee? Well, we still collect the membership fee, but what happens is it's different because they are only a club for the fee. Every other part of their business is still in the public. So they, they do the fee 
period, only for that. We do the fee just as basically as being a membership. Okay. Okay, and that's totally different. We operate in public. They operate in public. We operate in private. This is a very wild idea to a lot of people. It is indeed. Yep. It, I mean, a it, lot it, of people listening to this are going to go, okay, Mike Colomb is off his rocker. <laughs> so if you look back in the Constitution and the things that have happened in, two, excuse me, in 1805 was our first case regarding these same principles in our Constitution, Madison versus Newberry. And there's been multiple cases along history stating and showing the same fact. They go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rules on our side. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all over the place, and there's so much you can pull out, most of it in healthcare and in education. But the main idea, of, and you've you got to look at it, is those principles in the Constitution apply to not only healthcare and education, but every other business that we own and operate. Well, Mike, before we started recording, you were telling me about um, an organization you started called The Healing Hub, and that's also under your PMA, right? That is correct. It's a separate ministry. It's, it's actually a church ministry, PMA. It's called The Healing Hub. And um, I kind of was led to do that at looking at what they've done with us in, in our country today, where they pushed us all aside. And basically, you, know, you can't go in a hospital today in all the blue states and to see a loved one when they're hurt. And even when they die, they don't let you in there, period, if you've not been jabbed. And, and that's a shame. And what it does is it takes, and as they take these rights away, it starts making people say, they just give up and they say, okay, I'm going to go get and get a shot. And what we did was we looked at this and we, the main thing right now today is we need hospitals that are PMAs and we need outpatient care that are PMAs and we need what we call mini hubs. And so what we did in my county is we set up multiple mini hubs where we're going to supply them with the, basically the frontline doctor protocols and uh, a few medical durable goods that we can rent and then we'll have all the, the supplements to be able to sell to the patients through a, a hotline they call. They get triaged on the hotline, and then they get put either with a doctor and or somebody picks up the supplements for them and delivers them to them. So with that, you know, that kind of covers that piece of, the, of what we need to do first to keep people out of the hospital. But then the second piece of it is we need to have an area and a place where people can go and, and have, you know, acute care where they break a bone or need stitches. And we, that's basically an outpatient care. So we've, go, we've gone ahead and we're setting up our first outpatient care right now today. And it's not up yet, but it'll be up probably first quarter of the year and it'll be for outpatient care and it's done. You know, we're currently looking for a building that we can take and turn into a hospital and we found one and now we're raising money for that hospital. And I'm traveling around all the Western states right now and I'm going to many places and we, are, we have many, many hundreds of people that are interested in doing the same thing and building their own healing hubs, the mini hub, the outpatient care and the hospitals around the country. And it's moving fast. And we're from the West Coast to the East Coast to Alaska and Hawaii. And we're going to be everywhere. And every county should have a bunch of each. I, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think uh, you're seeing movements of nurses and doctors who are leaving the profession. Uh, I shouldn't say leaving the profession, leaving their employers you know, we've had on this show um, uh, Victoria Stump, from who's founded Take a Stand Now, who, you know, she went to four years of nursing school, incurred several hundred thousand dollars of student debt, uh, was working at a local hospital, and then all of a sudden this jab mandate comes down, and, and she's a believer, and she says, no, I'm, I'm not taking that jab. And uh, she quit and started Take a Stand Now to kind of stand up against these these medical tyrannies, what I call the medical industrial complex. That's right. Um and I, I think we're seeing a lot of doctors and nurses who don't want this, these kind of mandates, these, this kind of draconian oversight, and would love to probably uh, get involved in things like the Healing Hub and serve people 
instead of serving the organization. That's correct. Yep. And it's a shame when we need more people like her across the country and they're coming out. We're going to have a bunch. Yeah. I, I have I have doctors actually contacting me uh, as, as editor of True Idaho News. Um, doctors and nurses have started contacting me, sharing inside information of what's really going on in the hospitals. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing this. Again, tell us how somebody might uh, reach out to you and um, and how they, what's the process of getting one of these things set up? You bet. So it's very simple. You can take and email me at mike at thepmateam.club or go onto my website, thepmateam.club and just go to the contact page and then send me a contact and I'll return that, that contact in an email with you and we can get you started. We'll get on a Zoom call or a call and go over the process. It's pretty simple. It's fast, um, painless, and not very expensive for what you get out of it. And um, you'll definitely enjoy um, running a business and with freedom. It's changed my whole life. We have multiple businesses, and each one of them is inside of a blanket uh, ministry PMA. And, uh, and, and it, it's, it's nice to be able to do business freely again the way it's meant to be. So you're, are you still paying federal taxes? Um, in the ministry, all the businesses that are in that, I have one that's not, and we pay no state or federal taxes in those. And because we're a church-based ministry and we operate just like a church, and this is my ministry. Hmm. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Well, it's certainly a radical concept, and I know some people are going to be wary of it, and I don't blame them. Uh, but I do I think I, it's something to look at, uh, given the fact that our government now employs 2.7 million people, and a lot of those are just tracking us and taxing us and fining us. And they're, they're self-appointed judge and jury. I mean, yep. you get these organizations like OSHA that oh, it's uh, horrible. created that... Um, uh, you know, they are given authority to create rules that businesses must follow or get fined. And then if you have a problem, they fine you. And if you push back, then they, then within their own organization, they're their own judge and jury. And they determine whether or not you have standing, which is just total government overreach. I, I just can't uh, believe how, how bad our government has become over the centuries. Uh, Mike Colomb, First of all, great to see you yeah, after no 35 years. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and thank you for joining me in the studio here at uh, KBXL. Uh, you have been listening to The Voice of Conservative Values. This is Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News, contributor to UncoverDC.com. And if you like what you're hearing on this show, uh, we also have on uh, Thursday afternoons The Voice of Conservative Values TV show which you can go to brighteon. I'm sorry, brighteon.tv and uh, check it out over there. It's, it's a live show on Thursday afternoons from uh, 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoons. It's real simple. Just go to brighteon.tv, 2 o'clock on Thursdays, and the voice of conservative values happens there. And we don't have quite so many FCC restrictions, and we can talk about things a little more frankly on that show. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you again, Mike, for joining us. And we'll catch you next week right here on The Voice of Conservative Values. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to The Voice of Conservative Values. If you'd like to support this broadcast and Conservatives Of in the Treasure Valley, you can do so at conservativesof.com. Freedom can only be maintained by a prayerful, informed, vigilant, and engaged citizenry.